This is Abscond Podcast with Ethan Renault, episode 20. I'm here with my best friend in the whole world, Dave Marino. Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, Dave and I are here sitting next to the open door in my dining room in Colorado. The uh, sky is cloudy, it just finished raining, and there's a nice, cool post-rain breeze blowing in through the door. And uh, this is so last minute. We didn't really plan this podcast at all. We were like, we literally have 12 minutes. Let's make an ultra-quick podcast. So, um, oh, by the way, you're listening to Bianca Fish. She's a very talented musician I found on the internet. Um, so without further ado, Dave said he has one question, or a couple of questions, I guess, to ask me. That will get a little conversation going. So we will... I don't, I'm not 100% sure what Dave's going to ask, so just take it away, Dave. Thank you. Thank you, Ethan. Um, I'm pretty sure you announced on Facebook, at least. I'm not sure if you announced this to your podcasters yet, but you are moving to Guatemala to teach middle and high schoolers at a Christian school, correct? I am, yeah. Um, quick plug, you can support me on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ethan Renault. You can support as little as $1 a month, and that helps me out because this is a support-raised position. So if you want to help a poor teacher in Central America, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash Ethan Renault. That's all I'll say about it. <laughs> awesome. Um, you're moving. Yes, I am moving. I don't think I've told the podcast listeners yet. I forgot to make a podcast since I publicly announced it. So, yes, I'm moving to Guatemala. Great. Um, I think it's kind of cool that, I mean, we've been together for so long, like, as friends, and yet I'm also making a big transition into a different part of Colorado for my job yeah. that I just graduated and got my degree, and this is this will be my first, like, big career move. So both of us are experiencing those um, transitions and changes, but I would say that I lived a little bit more of a stable lifestyle. I've lived... You know, grew up in my childhood home pretty much until I went to college. Went to college, and I stayed in my college town for eight years as I got my two degrees. You've only lived in Colorado, right? I have only lived in Colorado. Oh, yeah. wait. You were born in California. Yeah, born in Cali, and then we moved, like, before I could talk. So we yeah. moved, like, within a year. So basically your whole life in Colorado, 27, 26 years in Colorado. How old are you, Ethan? Well, 26, because if the first year oh, was true. in California. All right, all right. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah, so 26 pretty much in Colorado. But when I look at my life and it's pretty it's pretty stable, it's pretty um what's another word for same, I guess. Uh, you know, pretty pretty constant. Um sure. sedentary, but not in like the health way. No. I, th- I think that sounds a little bit negative. Yeah. Just coming from sedentary. Pretty rooted, I, rooted. I think we'll say ro- rooted. Yeah, rooted is a good word. Pretty much rooted in Littleton, then rooted in Colorado Springs, then now I'm moving on beyond that. But when I look at your life, you have a lot of transition and a lot of change in your life. So here you are going into a different part of your life in a different country, and you have a lot of experience with going around to different countries in general. So going to a different country isn't new to you, but living in a different country for more than a month, more than three um, months, more than three months would be a new change for you. So as you go into this new part of your life, I, I would say that this would be a different chapter in your life. Yeah. What are your thoughts on change in general? What has changed to Ethan Renault? I think that's a really good question. Um, let me think for a second. I think that to answer it, I kind of need to give a real brief 
overview of my background. And if you've listened to the first couple episodes of this podcast where I told my story, you'll know this already. But in seventh grade, I moved from Colorado to Cape Cod. A huge move, because not only are you going into middle school where people start to make these like more connected, more intimate, more... Uh, how, how would you describe middle school relationships? You're starting to make your circles. You're trying to make your identity. You're, exactly. You're establishing identity. Um, You're stepping out. So I, summer before seventh grade, move across the country. So not only am I making a huge leap from elementary to middle school, but I'm also moving across the country into a strange place, new school, new friends, new everything. And then halfway through 11th grade, my dad says, okay, we're moving back. So we moved back across the country. Um, right before your senior year. Yeah. So right when you're supposed to be having the best time of your life with all of your established friends that you've had since, you know, middle school. Right. And I had, by that, you know, over four and a half years, I really had uh, sunk into the community on Cape Cod. Mm. I was dating a girl and my dad says, all right, time to move back. And so I'm like, ah. So oh, dude, twice. So hard. Twice, at very crucial developmental points in my life, I was kind of uprooted and moved, and those were both very, very hard and painful for me. However, I think that what they did was kind of create, um, if I could use a tree analogy to go with the root metaphor, uh, it created in me a tree that can survive with shallower roots, it doesn't necessarily mean it's more or less healthy than other trees. It just means it's different. It means it's the type of tree that you can more easily uproot. Not that there aren't people that I miss everywhere in the world, because obviously I do. I've had great friends. God's brought you know, phenomenal people into my life all throughout my life. And like every time I move, Dave's known me the longest out of all my friends, so I've been away from him a lot. The past couple of years have been nice being within an hour drive from him. But still, like a lot of my life, I've spent away from Dave. Um, so I guess I've learned how to have shallower roots, if that makes sense. So because of the life that you've experienced and that you've lived thus far, you have developed these shallower roots. Yeah. And I know that the word shallow has negative connotations. And I guess there are obviously cons to it, like a somewhat lack of root. It's hard for me to put deep roots in people. And my counselor probably could you know, go deeper there or something, but we, we won't, we won't go there today in this yeah. podcast. I, I honestly think there are pros and cons to like a, a shallow rooted versus a deeper rooted lifestyle. Hmm. Um, but I think that, so based so after high school, I moved back to Cape Cod for a year. Then I went to YWAM, then went all over the continents, lived in Australia for a, a little bit. It was with missions organizations and all over the world. Then went to college in Chicago and even there, being in Chicago for three years, I had to learn how to kind of be settled and connect with people and put, put roots down. You know, college is an interesting time period because people are coming and going all through, you know, throughout the four years or three years you're there, three in my case. Um, so it's like I had to learn how to adapt to how do you connect with people um, who may leave really quickly. Yeah, you know, because like, for instance, one of my best friends today, his name is Noah, um, it was my senior year when he was a freshman. So we only had one year together on campus. But it, So it's not like I left him, you know, I graduated and moved away. Uh, and you have to learn, like, do I want to keep in touch with this person? And there's plenty of people like that. But Noah, 
we have kept in touch. And I was just at his wedding two weeks ago. And I love that kid. So it's like um, college is a unique time. And now moving into adulthood, it's like super weird. And since graduating college, I've lived in L.A., back in Chicago, and then Colorado, and now moving to Guatemala. So it's like um, I feel like for me personally – Change isn't new to me. Yeah. Um, it's almost like change is the constant. Change is the normal. Um, whereas for a lot of people, I think change is scary because it is foreign. Does that make sense? It does to me. Um, I mean, when you talk about people, you always have different parts of the spectrum. And there's always a spectrum. It's not black or white. It's not you know, binary, it's not ones and zeros, it's, it's, it's always on the spectrum. And there are those who embrace change, and there are those who maybe avoid change, and you fall somewhere on the spectrum. Now with humans, I mean, in general, I think that with humans, you know, change can both be anticipated, but also avoided. So you want to, um, you know, I mean, when, when Christmas comes, and you, and if you're part of those families that, that do give presents, and, and you get those presents, like, that's change too, you are gaining something. Hmm. Change can also be losing something. So no, no matter what it is with change, you're always gaining or losing. It can be a gain of identity or a loss of identity or a gain of a material or a loss of a material. Um, but none, nonetheless, like people, as they grow and develop throughout their life, they develop either an attraction or an aversion to different kinds of change. So for instance, like I don't really mind moving, but some people really don't like moving. A lot of people in military families when they leave their military family, so when high schoolers from military families, um, when they go to college or when they start their own family, they usually, more often than not, um, settle down in one and they don't want that change. They go, nope, yeah. this was a change throughout my life. I hated it. This is where it stops. My kids will yeah. not have that. It's kind of funny that... God bless you. Thanks. He's the only one that will. <laughs> It's kind of funny that you mentioned that because my dad was raised like that. My dad, my grandpa was in the Air Force. So my dad literally lived in, a, I think he said he lived in 13 houses before he graduated high school. Wow. Um, most of them in different states. Uh-huh. Um, and now he has been settled in Colorado for like, he and my mom never, they want to die in Colorado. So it's like, yeah, you're, you're totally right. <laughs> I like how you put that. They, they want to die in Colorado. I mean, they say that. They're like, this is the house we're going to die in. Mm. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then I guess – I don't know why for me, but I guess my moves just happened at such cru- crucial, pivotal moments in my life where it was like, oh, I, like – And it sounds like you had that chance to recover too. Like they, they were in crucial times in your life, but at either end, like you made a positive change out of it. Like yes, you moved during middle school and you lost all your middle school friends. You had to make brand new friends. But then you made those friends and then you made them and you and you – had them all the way throughout high school and you developed strong relationships and you went back to a state where you already had a friend base as well. Yeah. And then from there you just kind of continued on. So it sounds like that even though you had that, those changes, it was a positive, it ended up being a positive experience at the end. Yeah. Pros and cons again. Um, I guess it, uh, some, one thought I had earlier while you were talking a little bit ago was if you could take it deeper and maybe even, I wouldn't say more morbid, but just realistic is I, th- I feel like there's some part of humans that is terrified of change and the bigger the change, the more terrifying it is. Because if you think about it, life, like it is impossible to flee change altogether, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't prevent all of your family members from dying. 
you can't prevent your own death. You can't prevent your pets from dying. Like life and death happen and change comes. And so I think I don't I didn't really have an ending place when I started this, but <laughs> let's see <laughs> but where it goes. I always like to remind people to number your days. I mean the Psalms say that over and over again. Lord teach me to number my days. Teach me to remember that change is coming. And I've realized that the biggest change in anything, anywhere in the world, the biggest difference between an object can make is between life and death. You either move from life to death or from death to life. And I only know one guy who can go from death to life. <laughs> you know, like literally humans can't do that. They can't bring dead things back to life. Um, they can't make life from non-life. And I'm not talking about like resuscitating someone in the hospital. Like obviously there's something that they're doing to kind of resuscitate life that was already there but no scientists have been able to make actual life yet and i think it's so cool in romans four seventeen, it says we worship the god of abraham um the god who calls things as though they were not the god who calls things that are dead into life and it's like what other like what bigger change is there than bringing something from death to life and i think that i'm starting to preach here but i think that recognizing that if you worship the God of the Bible, Yahweh, um, Jesus Christ, you know, manifest, uh, he is God. He doesn't prevent you from the wrath of some other God. Like Jesus himself is God. Um, <clears throat> recognizing that should give you peace. If you're, if you're the type of person who hates change, who tries everything in your power to avoid change, to prevent change, to keep it from happening to you, just remember that we worship the God who basically reverses death, right? Like we as Christians believe, we confess that I will die and I will rise again. You know, I will follow in the footsteps of Jesus because Jesus had footsteps going into his grave and coming out, right? We believe the same thing that we will one day walk out of our graves. And if we really believe that, then we don't have to be scared of death, which is the biggest change that happens in our lives, right? And if we don't have to fear the biggest change that will ever happen to us or to anyone we know, why would we have to fear anything else? That reminds me of Psalm 27.1. Lord is my uh, light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And it kind of brings into uh, the context of like, you know, Jesus is, this is my Lord. This is, if I believe that he is the Christ, then I have nothing to fear. And change is something yeah. to be fearful of. I mean, Change is huge. Humans actually have a tendency to avoid change yeah. in terms of a, a big grand scheme of things. You know, and I mean, and sometimes there, there's very good reason, too. I mean... Yeah, and I'll be honest. I'll clarify it myself, too. Like, I don't love change just for the sake of change. Like, I'm not like, oh, I don't... Like, I know that there are people who are like, I can't stay in the same place more than a year before I get... Like, that's not me. I'm searching for, you know, the, the latest title of my book, or the title of my latest book. Now, let me find a stopping place. I think that reflects in me personally, like I'm looking for a place where I can put roots down and a person I can put roots down with. And, uh, it's not like I'm someone who's averse to change or I mean to settling down. It just hasn't happened yet. Hmm. And maybe I just don't fear it as much as some other people might, but it's almost like you are chasing change to find variability, but let me rephrase that. That's that's completely wrong. You can, you can go back and, and <laughs> yeah, delete okay. that, right? Because I, it's I almost sound like, dumb. Yeah. It's almost like you are pursuing enough change and enough va like variability. Like you're trying to spread yourself out so much so you know what you like. Yeah. 
almost like dating, you know? If you only date one person your whole life, how are you going to know what's out there? How are you going to know who the best fit for you is? But wouldn't some people say that that's the whole point of dating is just to date one person? That's like the ultimate goal is to date one person and then marry them? Yeah. I mean, think of it like Baskin-Robbins 31 flavors. And I don't mean for this to be a crass analogy. But how will you know which flavor you like best unless you try all of them? Well, that would require change. And I don't want to change up my flavors. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I, I feel like the same is true with my life, if you want to think of it like that. Like, I've been a youth pastor. I've been a writer. I've been a speaker. Uh, I've also been a barista. Didn't like that very much. I've worked at Target. Didn't like that. So it's like I can cross those off the list and say, I don't like that. I don't like that. This is what I enjoy in a job. This is what I enjoy in a place where I live. This is what I enjoy in a roommate. This is what I would want in a spouse, so on and so on. Right. Bringing, bringing you back to the crass uh, Baskin-Robbins 31 flavors, I know for a fact, I'm very sorry, I may offend some of you, that I don't like mint ice cream, but why should I retry mint okay, ice this, cream? this podcast is over. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't like mint ice cream, but I haven't had it in years, so it's like, you know, why would I not like it or whatever, but... When you I have some in the fridge, we could break it out. Oh, yeah, sure. And I can be reminded of why I don't like <laughs> ice cream, which is where I'm going with this. But that's what I'm saying. Um, you have tried it in the past. Right, but it's been so long ago. So why would I not try it again to make sure that I don't like it? But w- when you go out for those jobs, like, I mean, who would love working at Target? Not to, Some of you may love working at Target. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Some in people your, do. In your, in your experience, though, like, I'm pretty sure that you would look at Target, Ethan Renault, and in the teenage years and say, you know what? I probably wouldn't like working here, but you did it anyway. Yeah. But you found out specifically why you didn't want to work there. Right. So I grew from every experience I've had, jobs, living situations, and otherwise. And I, I guess I keep moving forward, like, knowing I do like this, I don't like this. And one thing I learned from being a youth pastor is I love te- I love teenagers. I love teaching. I love explaining how things work. Mm. And I'll be doing more of that in Guatemala. So now I'll be able to see, all right, do I is the classroom the place for me? Is you know is the nine to five type of job the place for me or not? I don't know. And that's where um, and that's where change is such a great catalyst as well. I love using the, I know we're throwing around a lot of metaphors here, but uh, touching the burner to know that it's hot. Usually, you know, it's, it's a punishment, you know, don't do stupid stuff. You know, the, if you're told a burner is hot, then, you know, and not to touch it because it'll burn you. Now, there's there's a different, whole different schema going on here because, like, what is heat? How can you describe heat to a person? So unless you put your hand close to the burner, you won't know what heat feels like or I mean, yeah. maybe you have been burned. So now... Well, like with dogs, you got to let dogs burn themselves on the oven. So they'll never do it again. Very true. A true understanding of heat or what it's like to be burned, like when you were burned by that firework when you oh, were like, yeah. <laughs> like 10 years old. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you will now forever for the rest of your life understand what a second degree burn I feels like. I respect the fireworks. You yeah. respect the fireworks, exactly. And, that's, and that in itself is so valuable and we miss out on that. That's what I think. Yeah. I th- yeah, I think that this could be a much longer conversation, but my friends are literally pulling up to my house right now. What timing? <laughs> yeah, I think this has been a really good conversation. As always, let me know what you guys thought about this. If you want to talk more about change, send me feedback, send me emails, ethan at ethanreno.com, or just head to ethanreno.com and click contact. That sends an email straight to me. I'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback. What do you think about change? Um, is it unavoidable? Is it avoidable? Is it good? Is it bad? What do you think? 
I would like to say, what has been a positive change in your life? What is one of the most uh, the positive change in your life? Most positive change. Cool. And, <laughs> and uh, Rob's here. Hey, Rob. We're, <laughs> we're going to cut that out. And we're done. Oh, right. Your arms are looking big. That's or is it just the shirt, just come from the the shirt that's tight? Anyways, this has been Abscond with Ethan Reno and Dave Marino. And also Rob's here and they're not wearing shirts and it's weird. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. See Bye. Ya.